Hello everyone, welcome back to the Healing Growth Podcast. My name is Saiton Riga and this is a podcast where we talk about healing trauma in an African faith context. Today's episode is the one about believing. Hey people! Thank you. I'm so grateful to have you listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor, and Spotify. Shout out to our YouTube crew and thank you, especially also to our Edify Podcast Network crowd. We really appreciate every single one of you. So thank you again also for sharing your feedback. We love hearing from you. Do share the podcast with your friends, rate it, and let us know what you think. Thank you also for sending your stories on healing. If you would like me to read them out on the podcast, do send them to our email, which is healing.growthpodcast at gmail.com. On Instagram, we are healing.growth and on Facebook, trauma healing and growth. I want to start by asking you a question. Before I ask it, I want you to promise yourself that you will make the choice to be honest with yourself and open and not go for the easy answer or the acceptable answer. My question is, do you believe that you can be healed of your pain? In this case, uh, I'm talking about emotional pain and the angst that so many of us have seemed to carry. Think about it. What's your answer? I'm struck by how profound it is for someone who has a solution for you to ask this question, especially if your suffering is obvious. It should be a no-brainer, right? So I was reading this story from the Bible, John 5, 6. When Jesus saw him and knew he had been ill for a long time, he asked him, would you like to get well? The man in the story had been sick for 38 years. When you originally read it, that seems like an endless number of years. It's older than I am. But when when will you and when will each of us admit to ourselves how long we have been sick? When are we going to be honest about the pain that we experienced as little boys or little girls? The pain that made us heart sick? We make such a big effort to conceal the fact that we are in adult bodies, but our decisions are made by hurting little boys and hurting little girls within us because we have refused to acknowledge the sickness and suffering that we have carried, some of us for all our lives. It can be so easy to find comfort in the pain because you can't see anything better. We find a way to sit in it, And what we don't realize is that it takes away our hope, our faith, and our ability to believe for better. The status quo is all we know. I want to say there is a need for sensitivity. Some of us have tried and failed so much that we cannot imagine anything else. We feel trapped, like that old movie Groundhog Day, where the main character Tom Hanks relives the same day over and over and over again. That is what our our lives look like. And it can be such a depth of hopelessness. 
when you are in that space, you can't hear and understand some of the things that would actually be helpful. I remember writing off things that as beyond me or inaccessible for someone like me. But I took a chance. And I want to ask you to take a chance on listening and making space for possibilities. The Bible says that hope deferred makes a heart sick. And we acknowledge that there are ways the difficulty and the waiting has made your heart sick. But I want us to explore some things that we don't consider with some of our pain and our ability to believe that we will be healed. So, when is the earliest pain that you can remember? I thought it was when I was nine, but when I started unraveling things with my therapist and coach, it turned out that it was much earlier. With things that I didn't know how to process, such like getting lost as a child, to drastic moves and other wounds that came up. And when I look at it, my pain was probably just a few years short of his 38 years of suffering. We get so used to pretending the pain isn't there, patching it up at every turn with coping mechanisms. We get so good at lying to ourselves that we are fine, that we don't need therapy, that we know what our problems are and we can handle it. After all, we've handled it this far, haven't we? Do we consider that the rest can see it? Because when we lie, we don't always have our stories lined up. And when we talk, we can hurt and we can lash out and people who love us can see. And perhaps they have been telling you for a while to get help. Maybe like that man at Bethsaida. Sorry, I think it's Bethsaida. Bethesda, I don't know. We've convinced ourselves that we can't get better, that this is just who we are, that people should take it or leave it, and take it because we're especially good at dishing it out, regardless of whether it breaks or hurts the people we love most. His reason makes sense. For 38 years, he basically had no help. He waited for so long for help and rescuing, for somebody to come to his aid that he has essentially convinced himself that he can't get well. Or maybe the truth is, it's his reality. He's what so many people get better. Some who've only been there for a short while, and he's been there for 38 long years. And so what he tells Jesus is, I can't, sir. For I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone else gets there ahead of me. So the essence of it is that he was supposed to get into the pool at a particular time. But he needed help and there was no one there to help him. And I don't want to say there was no one. Maybe that had been his experience, but there were very many people around him. People who helped other people. And this was his chance because here was somebody coming to help him. But he didn't even recognize that. What have you convinced yourself that you can't be healed from? What have you decided that you will feel the depth of the pain that comes to you daily? Or will you bury it until it can't be buried, buried anymore? Or what have you decided to dish out to others just to ease the pain that you feel? Do you want to be healed of your pain? Or are you more comfortable with it 
because you don't have to make certain hard choices and stretch out yourself to do the work of dismantling it and dismantling the things that led you there. One of the things about choosing a path where you have no template is openness to options and paths that are uncomfortable because there is no example. I find many times the path that God uses to take us on healing is very roundabout and doesn't always make sense, especially in the moment. The thing that can give you hope is the end belief and hope for healing. But to do that, you need to examine the underlying beliefs you have internalized. What we don't realize is that all our lives, based on our experiences and the people around us and the spaces we occupy in the world, we are fed with messages that we internalize and believe. Have you been told over and over that you are unworthy of better or unworthy of healing? Have people written you off as a black sheep? Have people decided that nothing good can come from you? Have you been labeled words like lazy, useless, dumb, and a host of others that you can recite from memory? Have people shown you or told you that certain things are too good for you? Have people displayed jealousy and resentment when you've received blessings? Do you allow yourself to extend yourself to others, always encouraging them, always supporting them when they don't do the same for you or with very minimal effort? Do you excuse this by believing that because they have X and Y figured out and that could be education, money, career, and they've got it figured out and you don't, that they are more important? Do you seem to extend yourself more for others than yourself? Do you believe that others are more important than you and your dreams? In the way that you imagine and dream of your life, are you always a Cinderella relegated to the kitchen and pantry but never venturing out for more? Because the underlying thing there is, who do you think you are? Many of these questions are so hard to honestly answer because it begins an unraveling of your life as a sacrificial lamb. We don't realize that we have been living our lives in the roles and prisons that other people have created for us. When I think of some of my favorite African writers, Ayubami Adebayo, Wanjiro Kwainange, Chimamanda, Jennifer Makumbi, I realize that what I love about them is their ability to create entire worlds with their words. What are the words that have created the world that you live in? What words form the ceiling for your dreams and how you see yourself? What words prevent you from believing better for yourself or even having hope? For many, the healing be begins with the revelation that how you have been living and the need for healing within you is so great because you have not been living in peace or even the path that God has for you. Living in man-made limitations will forever cause you pain. I remember being in high school and somebody who was being bullied saying, maybe I am who they say I am. She thought that the people bullying her knew who she was more than she knew herself. Have you considered who you are to others? Especially when you don't have a template for the path 
that you feel deep down in your spirit that God wants you to go on. Too often, it's, it's much easier to go with the flow of what others say. Honestly assessing the belief systems, the thoughts, the words, and the mindsets that we have adopted from others, or even developed on our own, allows us to see the cracks in the foundation. I would say first, observe. Observe yourself, your interactions with people, and the ways that they treat you. Your interactions and the, sorry, the thoughts that come from these interactions and the thoughts that you think to yourself silently about these people. Observe, observe, observe. Journal, and you will start to see things. Invite God into this and ask him the questions of what you're, you're noticing. It could be, why is it with person X I can never do enough to please them? Why do they keep needing more and more from me, even if it hurts me? Is this healthy? Do they need me to soothe the pain in their hearts, something that they have not processed? Why do I feel obligated to do everything they ask, even when it's something I honestly can't do? Why would I rather suffer than say no? Am I making a conscious decision to do this thing? Or is it that I am so anxious about saying no? Am I afraid that if I say no or set boundaries, they will stop loving me or caring for me? As you start unraveling these things, one thing God will clearly do is remove the scales from your eyes. Healing comes in part from revelation. A doctor must diagnose the right disease for you to get the right treatment. You must clearly understand what is going on to break out of the prison. You'll find that God wants your freedom and healing much more than you do, but you have to be willing to let him in. God wants to heal you whether it's convenient for you or not. He wants to heal you whether people will be angry about it or not. He wants to heal you regardless of the fallouts and the consequences. Truth is, not everyone can handle a healed version of you. And deep down we know it. This is why so many of us don't want to pursue healing. We don't want to actually pay that price. If anything, sometimes the people we love and care for will stand in the way of healing. Or even just important people. In verse 10, talks about how the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, you can't work on the Sabbath. The Lord doesn't allow you to carry that sleeping mat. Do you realize that they didn't even care that he'd been healed? 38 long years, I'm sure they knew him, but they didn't even care that he was now healed. This is the part where I also issue a disclaimer that this path could lead to a falling apart of everything you knew or thought you were certain about. But on the other side, it leads to immense peace, immense joy, and appreciation for God and for yourself far more than you ever could have imagined. For those wondering where the psychology is in today's podcast, let me share a little bit about it. Let me allow me to define a core belief. A core belief is your most central thoughts about yourself, about others, and about the world. In cognitive behavioral therapy, 
These core beliefs are thought to underlie a person's automatic thoughts. And these thoughts are usually grouped into four common categories. Number one is the thoughts that are about you feeling helpless, thoughts about you feeling unlovable, thoughts about you feeling worthless, and feeling like there's danger out there. The consequence of these automatic thoughts are interpersonal relationship issues, like putting others above yourself, or being over-confrontational and aggressive, among other things. They are also a root cause of mental health problems, like difficulty handling stress, anxiety, substance abuse, and depression. And that's just a snippet of it. To believe that you can be healed is to be able to unravel the core beliefs that you have lived by and replace them with God's truth. Ideally, this process requires you to work with a therapist, but I have met people who have walked this journey with God and the resources that He has led them to. Their diligence in exploring these facets has led them to great healing and turnarounds in their lives. I have met others who made it a habit to call themselves to a meeting, to think through these things. And even with a therapist, the bulk of this work is done by you. So there isn't any escaping this part of the process. But my encouragement to you, to start, whether you have a therapist or not. Thank you for listening. Before I pray, as I usually do at the end, I'd like you to know that the Healing Growth Podcast is taking a short break. This is episode 20 and the end of season one. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for sharing it and for all the feedback. It wouldn't be what it is without you guys. And so thank you from the bottom of my heart, from myself, my producer, and Chumbani. Thank you. We will post on social media to let you know when we're back. So make sure you're following us there. Sending you all our love and you're seeking God's healing emotionally and psychologically and even physically for those who are hurting physically. Let's pray. Dear Abba, our beloved Father, you created this world from the words that you spoke. It is so fascinating how much as humans that we forget the power of words to create entire worlds. Forgive, forgive us for this forgetting and forgive us for unknowingly limiting ourselves to the words that others spoke over us. Forgive us too for repeating their words to ourselves and to others, creating ceilings for dreams, hopes and healing. Help us to invite you into the unraveling of the beliefs the words, the thoughts, and the limitations. Teach us to bring each one of them back to you for your scrutiny and for you to replace them with your truth, that we may learn who you spoke us to be. Give us the courage to walk this path with you, even though there is no template or vision ahead of us. May we understand that our stepping out allows many others to step out to you and to their path, the path that you have for them. May we learn to stand in the light of your truth so that the lies we have believed will fall away and that we are set free. I pray that your children shall break out of the coffins, the prisons and the limitations that they have been living in. 
I pray that they may live lives of peace, of dignity, of oneness with you, and of fulfillment in who they are meant to be. There is greatness in such a life, whether or not the world may recognize it, because ultimately it has your blessing. May we learn to treasure your blessing much more than the fleeting highs of the world, because in you there is peace, love, fulfillment, and your joy. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You can find us on Instagram as healing.growth and on Facebook as Trauma Healing and Growth. Also remember for the ladies, there is a Healing Daughters Facebook group. Thank you so much for this season and everything it has been. My name is Saiton Riga from Healing Growth. Bye-bye.